Hello, everyone. Welcome. Bienvenue to the Delta Flyers with Tom and Harry as we journey through episodes of Star Trek Voyager. Your two hosts along this journey are my fellow Voyager actor, who also played the role of Mike Riley in the 1991 season six episode of L.A. Law, Mr. Robert Duncan McNeil, and myself, your favorite forever ensign, Garrett Wong. Remember, you can get the full version of this podcast by signing up to become a patron at patreon.com forward slash the Delta Flyers. L.A. Law. Yeah. L.A. Law. Yeah. Old school. Who are all your scenes with? Who is the, was it Jimmy Smits or was it uh, Corbin Benz, Bernson, Benson? Bert? I don't remember. Seriously? I don't remember. Seriously? All I remember is, all I remember is about that L.A. Law episode. Yes. And it was a pretty good episode, as I remember. I don't, yes. I, I think I watched it when it was on the air. But what I remember was the courtroom scenes, and it was a story about like two brothers fighting over an inheritance or something. Ah. And it was, I was kind of playing like the selfish younger brother. Interesting. I was not a very sympathetic character. And I remember I had only played nice guys for a long time. And this was the, the and first I remember bad going. Guy. Yeah. This, yeah. And he wasn't bad. He was just like fighting with his brother, like over this inheritance. And, and it, he had a little, like, he wasn't the most sympathetic. The older brother was the one who was being reasonable and yeah. okay. thoughtful. And yeah. I was like, oh, that's, it's fun to play these it's bad fun guys. To I never get to play guys. the bad guys. Yeah. No, you're right. That's, that's all I remember the courtroom stuff and some of that. That's the first time I'd okay. ever done a big courtroom scene with. Yeah. It just goes on and on and on, oh, yeah. all the coverage, all the shots oh. in there. It's like the bridge for us. Yeah. The courtroom yeah, seems exactly. for these uh, law shows. So you did yeah. not, your character did not say, please eat me. He didn't I say that in so. LA Law. Maybe he I'd, said, I'd please like to say that. pay me, is what yeah. he said. Okay. I'd like to say, please eat me in every show that I work <laughs> on. I think that would be like, that would be my catchphrase. Like when I'm directing, I go, okay. All right. Instead of action, I'll go, okay, right. we set and, right. and eat me. Eat me. <laughs> Maybe I could do that. Yes, please. I gotta have like a thing, please. right? That's your gotta, thing. That's you know, you thing. need a trademark. You need to. You need to make yourself a brand. I need. A and brand. how do you make your? How do you brand yourself? Exactly. You come up with and eat me instead of action. Exactly. That's wonderful. Exactly. <laughs> the other thing I remember is I, it was the first show I ever did on the Fox lot, oh, which is yeah. over in West LA. Yeah, it's off of Pico or Olympic, Pico. right? Pico. Pico. Yeah. yeah. Now that lot has modern buildings yeah. and it's been, it's really been renovated. But I remember when I went on that lot, it was about the worst dumpiest lot I had ever been on. I was like, <laughs> this place is a dump. Like it was, it, all the buildings were old and needed renovation. And did it still have were, that, that massive mural of Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader? Yes. Was that there? Okay. That's that was cool. There. That's cool. That was in the eighties. That yeah. was cool. Yeah, but it was still very run down is what you're it saying. It was really okay. run down. They have renovated it since. Though. Oh, yeah. Now yeah. it's a very yeah. nice lot. It's a little small because Fox used to own all the land that Century City, that giant yeah. uh, office and, you know, that development. But it's, they sold it. A, they, that was their back lot. <laughs> yes. And they sold it. Mm -hmm. and, and that's where Century City Mall came, came about. Yeah, and all those office mall, buildings. There's yeah. office buildings. There's yeah. uh, condos and all kinds mm -hmm. of stuff where mm -hmm. they used to have pirate villages and yeah. Western towns and things like I that. I know. Gosh. Yeah. I can't believe yeah. they did that. It's, yeah, it's horrible. I visited you on that lot when you oh, were. Oh, you did? Yes. When you were directing. On the Orville. The Orville, yes. Mr. Seth MacFarlane's show. Yes. And I came to watch you more than once, actually. Probably two different episodes, yeah. I think. Yeah? That yeah. was a lot of fun. That was, that super, was a lot of fun. fun. And, the, and yeah. the lot had been fixed up quite a bit since the 80s. The stages were much improved. The offices and the support buildings were much improved. Parking was better. I directed a show called Standoff in the early 2000s. That was at Fox 2. Okay. It was a, a Fox Network yeah. show on the Fox lot. And they were building a lot of this stuff that yeah. now is complete. So mm -hmm. I, I remember the 80s, LA Law, it was a dump. Mm -hmm. Early 2000s, it was a lot better, but under a lot of construction. And then yeah. by the time I did the Orville, yeah, that, that lot's in great shape now. Okay, this week's episode is Child's Play. So let us go watch Child's Play. We'll be right back with our okay. recap and discussion of the episode. And for all of our Patreon patrons, please stay tuned for your bonus material. 
Robbie and I are back from watching Child's Play. Yes, we are. Oh my goodness. Okay. Um, So both of us were wrong when it came to director (laughs) and the writer. Um, Yeah, we we were complete misses there. Airball. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Teleplay by Rafe Green. I'm going to say Raph. 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 You can say Rafe. Raph? Raph. Uh, Not at all, but no, I don't either. Or I'm going to say Royal Air Force. Royal Air Force Green. Raf Green. Mm-hmm. Okay. I do not remember him, and that's horrible. You know, we should that's remember okay. all these people. That's all right. That's teleplay. So he was clearly in the on the writing staff that yeah. we, we can't remember. I'm sorry, Raf or Rafe, <laughs> exactly. if you're listening to this. We apologize. Story um, by Paul Brown. Must have been an outside pitch outside or an pitch. outside submission uh, I or did something. go to college with the Paul Brown. I don't think that's him, though. I'm just going to no. say probably not him. Directed by Mike Vehar. The Again, lovely Mike we, Vehar. We missed. I love missed Mike that. Vehar. He's mm-hmm. such a, just a calm, pleasant man. Yeah. Give me some guest stars. Why don't we talk about those guys? We have uh, Icheb again, played by Manu in Taremi. Mm-hmm. Um, we did talk about Manu yep. before. His uh, his uh, first job was mm-hmm. Pacific Blue, the right? classic sort of spinoff of uh, Baywatch. Baywatch kind mm-hmm. of thing. And... Uh, his most recent thing, I'll add, was yeah. a movie called Bad President with Eddie Griffin. He played a role in that, oh, which was wow. in 2021. So yeah. I'm an Eddie Griffin fan. Still yeah, Eddie Griffin's yeah. funny. Canadian actress named Tracy Ellis plays the mom, Ife. Her very first job was in 1988, the classic film Necromancer. Oh, my gosh. The low-budget horror film. I remember that film. Necro- you do? I do, yes. Oh, I watched a lot of low-budget horror films when I was a kid. I did. 1988. Oh, she was a student number four in Necromancer. <laughs> Dad, Lucon, is Mark Shepard. Now, Mark okay. Shepard. He's I... listed as Mark A. Shepard, which yes. is weird because I don't think that's how he's credited in any of his more recent. Roles. I think he changed so I... his his credits at some point because okay. I did notice it changed. Okay. But now he's Mark A. Shepard. Yeah, I think he started as Mark Shepard. Okay, he started in 1992 was his first job mm. in the classic TV show Silk Stockings. Oh gosh, I remember yes. that show too. Another, yeah, oh, Silk Stockings was like goodness. a midnight, late night CBS yeah. show it, or something. Was it like? Did it go like Silk Stockings and then Renegade? You know, yeah, something show. like that. <laughs> okay, those syndicated low budget mm-hmm. TV shows. Wow, uh, he was in two episodes of that. What year was that for? Uh, ninety two. In ninety two. Wow. What's crazy is that I didn't even realize that Mark had done this role. I, I didn't either. Had no clue. I saw him. I, I'm like, I go, Mark Shepard. Yep, it is Mark. I had no clue at all. So, well, all right. I worked with Mark on Chuck. He did yep. two episodes of Chuck. He yep. played the ring director, bad guy. Yeah. I also worked with him on Supernatural. He's made an entire village uh, playing the bad guy over the years. And he's so, so good at it. He really is. He really is. And to see yeah. him in this, because I just saw him at Dragon Con just recently, and yes. to see him in this and how young and handsome he looks I right know. now, and doing an American accent. Oh, and doing and... an American—that's another—that's yeah. a whole other thing that I forgot yeah. to say—is that he's he's British. He's from the UK, yeah. so that accent. Great job, Mark. Yeah. It's not easy to do. Fun to see him. Yeah. Everybody else we pretty much have seen before. Yeah, uh, Scarlet, Scar- Palmer's, Scarlet Palmer's, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, Mazzotti, the young girl, Marley McLean, uh-huh. yeah. uh huh, the twins, Azon and Rebby, Kurt yes. Weatherill and Cody Weatherill. Kurt and Cody. We did have one new uh, guest star, Eric Ritter, playing Yavel. He was down on the planet. He oh, was the one he's the said, uh, brother or whatever. Yeah, right or cousin. Yeah. yeah. Okay. What's I don't his have any credits for him. Nothing? Eric Ritter. Eric Ritter. Yeah. Okay. But Eric he was that character. Here we go with my haiku for Child's Play. Okay. Icheb's parents found. Resistant at first, he stays. Weapon to end Borg. You got it. You Thank covered you. it. Thank you. Uh, here we go with our limerick synopses. I can't wait. Here we go. We start with the Voyager Science Fair. But Seven's worried about Icheb's welfare. She calls Janeway at 3 a.m., says we really can't trust them because the Brunali really stink at childcare. 
I love there you that go. one. Yeah. That was sweet. <laughs> it's pretty good. I'm going to give you, I'm going to be, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start rating you like an Olympic judge. Okay. So when you do your limerick, I'm going to come up and just proverbially, I'm going to hold up the sign and I'm going to say that was a 9.2. So okay. I'm going to give you a 9.2 on your Thank limerick. you. Good job. It's pretty good. Yeah. I was. had to get Janeway coming in with coffee at 3 a.m. <laughs> yes, you did. That was that perfect. Was I had to get that in there. Yeah. Good job. Okay. So we start in the mess hall at yes. the first annual Voyager Science Fair. And I'm going to say right off the bat, the best two opening lines of any Voyager episode are Janeway saying, why potatoes? And Seven replies, their first idea was to clone Naomi. But I suggested they start with something smaller. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Was that very funny. It was very funny. Great. The the two twin board kids. Oh my god. Are standing there, and all I could think about was they look like the twins from The Shining. Oh, the like male version. Kind of, the male yes, version. Like the of male them? version. They're just. They don't say anything. They just stare. I was like, creepy twins. <laughs> Let's move on from the twins. Uh, I was too tickled pink with the, uh, you know, the, they were going to clone Naomi line and they yeah. suggested something smaller. I was laughing at that. I didn't really think about the, the creepiness. The of creepiness. It was, okay. I was very creeped out by them. <laughs> All right. Uh, we go to uh, Mazzotti. She's yeah. got an ant farm. A Terranian ant colony. Terranian mm. ant colony. Yeah. Yes. And she talks about the queen, that they're all drawn to the queen or something. And she does. Janeway makes a comment about, I thought we were trying to get away from the board or something. Like <laughs> yes. So, yeah. And it's in a cube. It's like in a Borg cube, even the yeah. ant farm. It's yes. very oh, a lot good of catch. I didn't even yeah, think about of, that. A lot of Borg imagery, Borg suggestive yes. type of uh, shapes. Yeah. I get that. Um, Chakotay Torres and Seven and Janeway comment on Naomi's project. Very cool little, you know, planet uh, that we're looking at, and mm -hmm. it's it's showing the geophysical and atmospheric conditions of her father's home planet. She's half Qatarian, so it's Qataris that they're looking at, mm -hmm. or Qataris, however you want to pronounce it. Right. Tomato, tomato. And it's, it looks really cool. I think I, it was a good idea. Mm -hmm. But of course, they move on to the... the Egebs. Yes, the most uh, intricate of all the science uh, fair displays. And Egeb displays a high-resolution gravimetric sensor array, which will augment our ability to scan for the neutrino flux associated with wormholes. So it could help Voyager find a faster way home. Yep. Torres, your lady says ambitious. Janeway, impressed. Seven says that he hopes to earn a permanent posting in astrometrics. And Janeway says that's not possible. Seven's confused. And then Janeway says we've made contact with his parents. Mm -hmm. Dun, dun, dun. Which I had no clue. I was like, what's going on here? What's yes. happening? Yeah. Yes. I have to say, Seven's response seemed a little dramatic to me. And I was I was like, wait, did I miss something? Like oh, she why, because why you felt she, she was getting emotional. Is yeah. 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 I felt like it seemed very I, out of character I for do, seven. Okay. Well, I'm gonna say this. I feel like there's a huge time jump between the last time we saw these kids and now. Mm -hmm. I feel like they've been there for months is my yeah. feeling and so she has a bond now but you felt it was out of character that she would even be concerned i was confused okay. I, I was confused with her character's response and i was like wait did i miss a whole episode where they super right. bonded somehow right i, don't, I, I why, think it's why, just why a given it's a given why does you she have, even care you because you have to <laughs> clearly i know you're missing scene um so yeah <laughs> why does she even care i hear you makes sense let's go to astrometrics and Echeb's now in there with a a map. He's got on some fancy clothes. He's got on this He's, like square. They're like it looks geometric like a prints. Yeah, yeah. It <laughs> looks like a squares off of a quilt. A quilt shirt. I was like, yeah, that's pretty stylish. It for, is. Like we never get fancy no. quilt clothes like that. No, we just it's, get horrible, ill-fitting uniforms. That yeah, yeah. So I was very impressed with his fancy, stylish clothes. Yeah, each square has these like intricate designs. I didn't was, even, I, just, I didn't even notice that. So you, oh, I totally good eye. did. Yeah, good eye, Robbie. But he's working on this this uh, map, and Seven comes in, mm. and she says, uh, "You've exceeded your allotted time um, by an you, hour. By an hour, you need yeah. to regenerate." And, but boy, uh, he is super excited about a star super, forming in yes. the Orpise Nebula. Seven says, mm -hmm. "You know that nebula is out of sensor range," and Echeb comes up with, "Hey, I increased the resolution of the long range sensors." He's like a genius. He's a genius child right now. And Seven mm -hmm. is very impressed. 
And then Echeb, of course, asks, oh, what was it that you want to talk about? And she cannot bear to tell him the truth because she was already emotional in that earlier scene. So she's mm -hmm. definitely bonded and she's connected to this mm -hmm. character of Echeb. So she just says, it's time for you to regenerate. That's her cop out. She can't say the real deal. She can't tell him. And I'm going to say that in this close up, it's time for you to regenerate. Yeah. I noticed a different kind of filter on the camera. Interesting. Close up. And I will bring it up a few more times. I think that they were trying out a different filter for Seven and for Janeway. Interesting. But often for Seven, when it comes into the, her close-up, it gets very super glamour filter. Like her yeah. hair gets a little softer. Right. Everything's just a little glowier. Which remember, started from the pilot when Rick Colby was directing. Yeah. And all those early se first season one episodes when Colby directed, there was definitely mm -hmm. glamour filter on it for sure. Yeah. Well, I think they were trying some new filter. And I recall when we made the show that at some point, I remember Marvin was changing filters and trying some new things. And I think in this episode, yeah. they were trying something new for Jerry. Yeah. And I noticed it. I noticed did, it did a it, lot. Well, if you noticed it, did you notice it good notice or bad no, notice? Bad. Really? Bad. Yeah. Okay. It's, so what to do me, you it was see way too heavy. It was, oh. it, and I was like, is, well, it, is it fuzzy on her? That, is it fuzzy yeah, on her? Soft Super and glowy. Soft. Yeah. I was like, if they're going to switch to that filter every time they go for a close up on her, why don't they do that on everybody? And they don't. They do no, not, right? They yeah. don't. Okay. So it pulled yeah. you out a little bit. So. It totally did. I'm sorry. Too to much filter. Okay. Yep. TMF. Um, Can we say that? Too from much now filter. On? TMF. Yeah. Yes. Okay. We go to uh, Janeway's quarters and seven. Once the data that Janeway has on Echep's family yeah. um, to pre prepare him for reassimilation, she says, and Janeway <laughs> responds, maybe we could refer to it as getting reacquainted with his family, exactly. which I thought was very funny. That made me exactly. laugh. Exactly. I will say this. Kate, in yes. the beginning, is reading a book. And this yes. entire scene, she is so relaxed and just, you know, she's mm -hmm. sprawled out and, and it just it's kind of nice to see her not in the midst of battle trying to save the ship, you know, and to see well, her she's, she's really reading calm. A, yeah, she's very calm. She's yeah. reading this book, though, and I will say it's a big, thick book. It yeah. looks like a, a, an older, you know, antique sort of book. There's no title oh. on the cover or the spine. It's just decorated. So I was like, what is, what is she reading that's so super secret? And then I thought, oh, it must be it's confidential from Starfleet manuals that only the captain can read that's what it was that would not be my answer i i would go i would go with she was reading a book that michael sullivan gave to her but why isn't there a title on the cover then because there just is it's so old that the title just wore off you can't even there should be a title on the cover every book has there a title really on the should cover. be but that... or on the spine if you don't have it on the cover if it's like one of those fancy library books they put it on the spine somewhere. There was no title. Okay. It, was, it felt like a prop to me. Felt like, oh, we're going with the generic book that we're not going to name what it is. I stand corrected. You were right. It's a secret book. It's only Captain's Right? Yes. That's what. That's <laughs> why that I had to find some logic of why there's no title. Okay. It's the confidential Starfleet manual. It's a confident, okay. Yeah, it's, it's a section 31 manual, basically. Yeah. It's all about the secrets of Starfleet. Yes. Okay, so Janeway does say that she will transfer the files to Astrometrics. And as Seven starts to leave, Janeway asks how he took the news. How did mm -hmm. Echip take the news of finding his parents? But from her reaction, it's very clear to Janeway that she knew that Seven did not say anything as of yes. yet. And Seven asks for advice. And Janeway uses essentially a psychologist strategy of getting her to answer her own question by questioning yeah. her, you know, answering her question with a question until seven realizes, okay, well, this is what I'm going to do. And Janeway approves like good strategy. Mm -hmm. And we move to cargo bay two, mm -hmm. and seven arrives to tell each of the news. And he basically says, I don't even remember my parents. And seven says that after her parents were assimilated, she never saw them again. And each is darn lucky to have this second chance, this, this chance to see his parents. And he asks what will happen to the other board kids who depend yeah, on him, how will his they leadership. Cope? Yeah. Yeah. She says they will adapt. And seven says that she's been studying Brunali culture. They are an agrarian society. So they are probably vegan. They are capable of space travel, but most of their ships have been destroyed by the Borg, uh, the numerous or multiple Borg attacks that have happened. Yeah. And he they're asks, not, they're not warp capable. Their yeah. technology is very limited. So in this, yeah. scene, you realize that like 
Ichep, who was like science fair golden child, mm-hmm. is not going to have any of that technology. The stuff that he loves is right. not going to be there. It's going right. to be farming and right. no spaceships and that are warp capable. That's what makes him ask, how will he be able to continue his studies? And Seven says she doesn't know. At that point, you can tell Ichep is upset. So he just mm-hmm. walks over to his alcove and starts to regenerate. But before he closes his eyes to regenerate, you see the redness on his skin kind of come up where he's angry. Like you can see. Oh, really? A, yes. There's actually that. a physical reaction he's getting on the flushed. actor's face. Yeah. He's getting flushed. And um, wow. that's a, you know, you, you can't make that up. You don't have makeup come in and just flush you. I mean, that's his real flushing. So I saw nice. this. Yeah. So he did a good job there. I felt seven also has another dramatic emotional close up at the end, a little push in. And I think that Fuzzy. filter was back on. <laughs> I gotta watch this again now. I did not like it. All right. Did not like that filter. We are on the bridge and Kim detects that there are scattered enclaves on the northern continent. Tuvok says the evidence of residual gamma radiation shows that they have suffered attacks by the Borg in the past decade. Seven says that there is a Borg transwarp conduit less than a light year away. So Janeway quickly tells Tuvok to run continuous scans for the Borg. She also tells Tom to put Voyager in a synchronous orbit with the Brunali home planet. She tells Seven to go fetch Echeb. And do you have any comments on camera angle or anything yeah. on this scene? There is another close-up of Seven at the end <laughs> with that damn that filter. Damn filter. <laughs> Why? Oh my gosh. Oh, it just oh. it, there wasn't a close-up of you with a filter or Tuvok or anybody else. That's why it wow. just was like. Why are we doing this? I don't understand. It felt hey, if they were very to different than this, most episodes. Okay, let me ask you: If they were to remaster this, could yeah. they p- essentially put in that Sharpen filter? It up? Uh, uh, no, but put that. Give us the oh, same yeah. treatment. Could we get that? Yeah. Okay, yeah, you could. They could definitely put a filter on everybody else's close up, but could. I don't know if they could take it off. Right. Her. That's that's my point. So then, just yeah. make everyone match her, and then you won't be so freaked out about it. I, I wouldn't be because then it would it would just be a it would be a consistent rule. Yeah. Oh, when we go into close-ups, yes. it's a little got a certain look to it. Yeah. But it because... was only consistent with her, which well, felt strange. I mean, Janeway did get the same filter in this episode quite a few times, but mm-hmm. not as consistently or heavy-handedly. I think as I saw the same filter. Yeah. And I feel like it's a filter they were trying and they abandoned because I don't remember this in the series. We'll see as we <sighs> TMF, man. Too much going. filter. TMF. Yeah. Unbelievable. We move to sick bay and there's a really nice little scene with Ichep and the doctor. I Doc love scans. I him. love how he's scanning him slowly. At yeah, the beginning, and, then... and he says, he says, you're in perfect health. You're in perfect health yeah. as he scans him very. Then why is my slowly. stomach feeling strange? Yes. And then he does a weird kind of loop-de-loop scan. He's like around his stomach. And he says, oh, yes, of course, you have butterflies. Yes. And Egypt's like, I've never assimilated butterflies. Right. But just that scanning technique where he just does that with a flourish. It's almost like he's never seen him do that. It's like a Harry Potter wand and he's doing a spell. And I'm like, what is happening here? You're right. He's never gone that quickly. But I I thought it was very... Interesting and a, and a very funny and cute choice by Bob yeah, to do that. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. The doctor explains that he's nervous and he says, it's natural for you Anxiety. to be nervous to, yeah, to meet your family. Egypt talks back. He says, well, parents are irrelevant. And the doc yes. tries to prove him wrong. And Egypt even uses the argument that the doctor doesn't even have parents. And yeah. finally, Seven sort of breaks the tension. She arrives to escort Egypt down to his home planet. I like, I like when she walks in, she, she arrives and she says to the doctor, is he damaged? Yeah. That's Borg, that's Borg, Borg speak. talk. Yeah, I like I Borg speak. Yes. And it's a nice little button on the scene when the doctor mm-hmm. tells Egypt, hey, the butterflies will go away. They will. Trust mm-hmm. me. Brunali's settlement, Tuvok, Janeway 7, and Echeb beam in. Yeah. And the settlement, it looks like it's located on the outskirts of what was a very modern city in the distance. And that city yeah. is in ruins. It's just completely just It's rubble. nice vis effects here. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I, I felt like there was a lot of Dan Curry... Mm-hmm. You know, matte painting. paintings yeah. by hand. Dan yes. did a lot yes. of that. He really, and I did. feel like there was a lot of that. But it was really, it told a lot of story in these vis effects of yeah, the destroyed, the blown out factories yeah. and buildings, and they're yeah. down in this crater like spot. Yeah, it trying good. to re- rebuild. I couldn't figure out where they filmed this because none of us. So went you don't there. think it's Vasquez Rocks then? 
No, there's like water flowing. There was a creek going, and it was all real that stuff. So I feel like it to me. It was like uh, Disney near, Ranch. No, I think it was like the desert out in Lancaster, Lancaster or Palmdale. Palmdale. Okay, something like that. All right, and we now meet the parents. Each of parents, Shepard, Luke, I, yeah, I wrote down. I was like, oh my god, Mark's oh my in this god. episode. Yeah. That was and he's amazing. doing his American accent, which yeah, is very funny. It's I was so good. And totally just how, surprised. And just how young he looks, too. Mm-hmm. It's just like, mm-hmm. hmm. Vintage and, you know, handsome Mark Shepard. Yes. And it's even a very with his awkward, makeup, even, yeah, with, even his, with that like, big ass thing on in the middle of his nose, yeah. it's sticking out. He still looks like a handsome yeah. Brunali guy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's a very awkward meeting that ends yes. with Icheb basically saying that he wants to return to Voyager. And we cut over on the look of both of his parents' faces, and they're just befuddled. They don't know what to mm-hmm. say. They're like, what? Mm-hmm. You're going to leave? I did notice before we go to the briefing room, you know, so it's this awkward, you know, meeting. And yeah. uh, there's an awkward question about Seven's name that, you know, oh, you. Oh, yeah. Your designation is Borg. Yeah. <laughs> your designation is a Borg name. And she says, yes, yeah. I was I was liberated like your son, like Egypt. And then. D- the dad introduces, I didn't know if it was brothers or friends or whatever. Yeah. And, and he says, they're so excited to have you back. Then why and aren't th- they standing next to him? Exactly. I was like, <laughs> yeah, why were. are they a mile away yelling? And then they go back to their conversation. I'm like, yeah. that it doesn't is. seem that excited, but. Uh, yeah, but maybe that's by design. Yeah. Just to show that there's a little bit of something amiss here. Something's off. You know, yeah. something's off. It's a little Stepfordy. So we don't yeah. know. We're now in the briefing room where we have Janeway Seven. And curiously enough, there's a security dude also there. Yes. Who is and that? I, thought, I don't know who that. I'm, I'm not sure who it was. I can't mm-hmm. remember his name. But just still kind of weird that there's a there's a armed security guard, basically. Oh, that's kind of watching over this meeting. I don't know why he was there. I feel like he um, escorted them from the transporter room. No, to he was already bedroom. standing there from what I saw. He was already oh, really? in the room and they came in. Well, maybe he walked in first and I didn't see that, but it looked like he was there and Lucan and Ife just walk in through the door from the bridge, mm-hmm. which is again, odd why they would come in that way. And so they ask where Icheb is. Janeway says that it might be better if they talked first to help with Icheb's transition Mm-hmm. And Seven basically grills the Brunali oh, couple. she's angry. She's like... <laughs> about each of special needs. Oh, my gosh. Educational requirements. She's like, how are you going to care for each in terms of his regeneration needs? Like, yes. what about that? Yeah. And his education. And Dad, Dad's like, we can teach him. We, you know. And then she talks about his safety, you know, yeah. that they should you know relocate and leave this planet and they're yeah. you're too close to a board conduit you know he yeah. could get assimilated again she's so and, skeptical over yeah. his safety whether they can ensure his safety and yeah. janeway is so not happy with seven's yeah, inquisition no she orders her you know she's like listen just wait for me in my ready room now and Janeway apologizes for Seven's brusque behavior and recommends that they stay on Voyager for a while to give mm-hmm. each of a chance to get to know them in a familiar environment. And she adds that Neelix will make sure that they are comfortable during their Voyager extended stay. Mm-hmm. 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 Now, in the ready room, Janeway is dressing down Seven, who in she turn- She comes in mad. She's so mad. Very, yeah. very and mad. Seven argues that she's just concerned for Icheb's well-being. That's it. So it escalates to the point where Seven blurts out anyone who values their own goals over the safety of their children is irresponsible. And Janeway comes back with, are we talking about Icheb's parents or yours? Yeah. Seven says both. So she admits to it. Janeway's impressed mm-hmm. that she admits to this. It's the first time she would she would ever no. do that, that she's ever done that. So, you know, it's... It's a it's a tough scene here to see this tension yeah. here. It really is. Janeway basically says, you know, let's leave it up to him. He can decide if he wants to stay on Voyager or go back with his family. You know, that's not for us to decide. And mm-hmm. so Seven, Seven uh, agrees. Yeah, she does. And we go to the Borg alcoves next. Yeah, uh, Cargo Bay 2. At a, yeah, mm-hmm. Cargo Bay 2. Each of working at a console. Naomi's playing Cadiscott with uh, Rebby and Azan. 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 Mm-hmm. Mazzotti's riding some kind of scooter around yeah. Icheb as yeah. he's working on this uh, uh, at this console. Yeah. And did it have a noise? It sounded like it was a motorized little. Yeah, there seems to be something, something going on. Yeah. Yeah. But she's just asking questions. She's <laughs> like, is your mother pretty? Yeah. What are they like? What are your parents <laughs> like? 
are you going to go with your parents? If you leave, like who, who's going to help us with their science project? <laughs> She's just like, bam, bam, bam. Question after question. Each of them just annoyed. He's annoyed. Yeah. He's like, stop He's asking like, stop. questions or I'm going to put you in a cargo container and transport, transport you, back to, you back to the board. Nice. He's uh, he's had it with the kid, the <laughs> little kids asking so many questions. Uh-huh. Seven comes in yep. and says they're going to go to dinner. And he's like, no. <laughs> and she goes, your attendance is it's not, not optional. optional. <laughs> hey, so we said that like the board just then. Yes, good. we did. <laughs> we go to a uh, mess hall yeah. and Ife uh, is coming out of the kitchen uh, followed by Neelix. And yeah. they've got, it looks like meat pies or something, but it, it obviously is traditional. Ife has been in there. Helping yeah, it's cook a Bernali some... fair. It's Bernali, Bernali food. food. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Neelix helped yeah. her out. Seven and Ichep walk in. Yeah. And Seven says, okay, enjoy your meal and sends him over to his parents. Yeah. Um, and it's called Poma is the name of this yes. dish. Yeah. Poma. And Not it was Puma, each... but Poma. Poma. And, and uh, they say that this was... Uh, Ichab's favorite dish when he was young. Yeah. And he says, I'm not young anymore. Yeah. He's, and he also says, I'm not hungry. He, he yeah, you know, acts hungry. like a typical teenager. So. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And dad says, uh, you know, your mother worked very hard on this. Please try it. Try it. And I thought, what about Neelix? Neelix worked very hard too. <laughs> like, yeah, mom worked hard, but Neelix did too. Let's give him, Neelix never gets any credit here. He doesn't, but we give him credit. So we do. There we, we go. Do. But he does taste it. And you see, like, he tastes it. And all of a sudden, he remembers this flavor. Good job by Manu and Taremi and selling that. He really did sell the fact that this was a homemade dish that he loved as a child. You can see that across his face. Good job. And you see Neelix and Seven off in the background. Neelix says to Seven, you know, it's so nice to see the family back together again. But Seven does not seem happy. No. Place. And just the way the mute background music was, it was definitely it was like a very foreboding music. horror music. Yeah. Yes. It was like, dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was unsettling, the end yeah. of that scene. All right. Bernali Settlement. Looks like he's yeah. giving you a tour of the, of, you know, the facilities and, and showing. Looks like him. a greenhouse or something. Yeah. It's like, yeah. It's like where they're growing the plants or maybe the, the, you know, the, the base for all their farming that they're doing around. Yeah. Dad says that, you know, the Borg didn't leave them much to work with, Mm -hmm. but they they have their ingenuity and they are going to make the best of what they've got. Mm -hmm. And each refers to some kind of machine in this greenhouse, some kind of computer looking thing. And Mm -hmm. uh, Lucan informs him that it's a genetic resequencer. Yeah. And they use that to genetically alter crops so they can thrive in certain environments that would mm-hmm. normally kill them. Mm-hmm. And they built it from damaged uh, parts from the damaged vessels. That right. They didn't waste anything. And mm-hmm. Ichab's very impressed with this technology. Yeah. Because obviously he's this yeah. science fair golden child. So mm-hmm. he's excited. There is some technology here. There sure is. And I just want to pause and say, all right, let me step back for a minute about this episode. Yeah. I'll, I'll admit already yeah this was not one of my favorite episodes <gasps> i'm gonna admit Robbie. it already um, and i'm gonna say that this technology is such a critical part of our story it is and it's blown by and never dealt with again yeah and i feel like in this kind of story where there's a big mystery turn yeah that i feel like there should be some clues for the audience to kind of go hmm wait a minute that's weird or Hmm, that should I be suspicious about this? And there was none of that really. I felt like yeah. it just structurally was not built in a way to pay off. I mean, there are, mm-hmm. you know, there's this genetic resequencer machine, and but each chip just walks by it and then they blow by it and we don't yeah. deal with it anymore. Yeah. For such a huge part of the the story later on. Okay. So, so I that, don't know. That bothered you as well. Yeah. For sure. I will say. At this point, I was starting to feel like, where's the rest of our crew? Like, why aren't mm. we a part of this story? And mm. we're spending time with Icheb and his family and people we haven't really gotten to know and don't really care about. And our crew's not doing very much as a crew. Yeah. Because if you think about it, you are now revolving this entire episode around a recurring character. Yeah. It's not one of the- Who hadn't characters. even recurred much yet. Correct. Like we had just met. We, him. we had just met him. We barely. We we don't really have a lot mm-hmm. invested. No. Nope. And and it's there's not a lot of empathy for the character as of yet because we just met him. We really did. Um, and all of a sudden now he gets 
you know, this huge yeah, episode yeah. about him. I guess you could say this is really more a seven episode because it's about her dealing with the loss. It of, is, you know, her. It charge. is, but this is the the only reason I stepped back at this scene was mm-hmm. this is where I started. It started to lose me. Okay, I'm like, this is what pushed you. I am you back. All right, I'm not invested in this, and we're following people that I and I love Mark Shepard and mm-hmm. Manu, and they're great, mm-hmm. but. My rule is you've got to have the cast involved. Like everybody's you. got to have something to I do. Yeah. And we didn't. So this is where okay. I started to kind of go. Okay. Uh, I don't think I'm going right. to like this one. Anyway, well, there we, we go. Well noted. We have that for sure. Thank you for give us, giving mm-hmm. us your opinion. Lucon basically says that someday they're going to have ships that rival Voyager, but we need young people like yourself to help mm-hmm. us get to that point. And all mm-hmm. of a sudden, Evil, his brother, cousin, whoever it is, Evil Knievel yells out, Echeb, how are you? From a far, far, whatever that is, a promontory or whatever. And Echeb's like, well, thank you. And I'm thinking these people, they have the technology to have ships, but yet they have no combat badges whatsoever. It's just, you got to yell from a mile away. From a mile away. Mm -hmm. He invites him to play a game called Pala. And I thought, wow, everything in there. or Bala? Okay, if it's Bala, whatever. I thought but it was Bala. It's I'll go like, with Bala. Oh, it's a ball. It's a sport with a ball. So yeah, let's, call, let's call, call it, it Bala. Bala. Right. It was not but, the most creative name from the writers. But if you remember, what was his favorite food? Po- Pola? Poma. So Poma? Poma was the food. Bala was the... <laughs> yeah, so everything ends in ah. I'm surprised his name is an Icheba. So, yeah. you know, yeah. it was a little bit, hey... You didn't think too much about this. Um, yeah. in terms I was of co- starting to get bored uh, with this I- <laughs> story. <laughs> well, I'm going to be the contrary opinion. I was not bored at this point. Okay, It didn't pull me out. I was still enjoying it. Echip says he doesn't remember how to play Pala. And Evil Bala. says, oh, it'll come back to you, Bala. <laughs> it'll come back to you. And Lucan, his dad, says, you know, you used to be quite an athlete. I mean, you can make a difference here, Echip. So, He's base. Everyone's basically super nice and trying yes. to include him and make him feel at home. And you can see on Echip's face, he's starting he's to start- buy the story. Yeah. You know, he's starting to buy the whole thing, hook, line, and sinker. He's into it. And then seven beams in, like <laughs> it's like she's been yeah. eavesdropping on this. Yeah. Like enough of this. Yeah. The nanny arrives. This. Yeah, the yeah. nanny's here to take back her uh, time you know, to go back. You yes. must leave. The babysitter must bring back the baby. And, you know, Echip says, no, I'm going to stay here tonight. And Seven's like, well, there's no regeneration in it. Yeah. And Lucan says, well, you know, we're going to have to install one eventually. Might as well do it now. And Seven says, well, I'm, I don't even know if he's decided to remain here yet. And Lucan says, well, he wants to stay tonight. So Seven says, fine, come back to the ship with me. We will prepare a regeneration unit for mm-hmm. Echip. So now mm-hmm. we're in Cargo Bay 2. Big scene, mm-hmm. important scene between Seven and Lucon. And they're, you know, she's talking about the uh, basically the technology that they mm-hmm. have to make uh, regeneration units happen. She's putting together like a portable regeneration. Yeah, unit, a little small, which, a little small one. Yeah, exactly. we just kind of whip that up. Yeah, we it's just, very start, easy. It's very you know, easy. It's Seven. That. She can do anything, yeah, remember? Exactly. Yes. And so <laughs> Lucon starts going through the story of how, you know, how difficult it was. And she's thank you know they're thankful for everything that uh, Voyager and Seven have done for their son, and basically Seven asks how how was he assimilated, and Lucan says, well, you know, um, my son heard me talking about this new fertilization array that we just constructed in this lower mm-hmm. field. He wanted to see it. I told him we'd take him, but he was impatient. Boys are like that, and he just wandered off. And guess what? The alarm sounded, and by the time they got down to that field. Ichep had been assimilated along with everyone else that was in that same location in mm-hmm. the field. And, you know, and you have a little bit of emotion coming out of Mark Shepard where he says, uh, yeah. his voice breaks a little bit when he says, if only I'd kept a closer eye on him. He has a little bit of a frog in his throat there. So good job there mm-hmm. on the part of uh, Mark Shepard. Yeah. yeah. And she, so once she hears this story, she knows yeah. her, the parent, you know, he didn't abandon his son. It Correct. was just Ichep's curiosity. Correct. So she says, don't blame yourself. It's not your fault. Yeah. And then he asks, how were you assuming? Mm-hmm. She says, well, it wasn't like Egypt. My parents were there yeah. when I was taken. Mm-hmm. And and then his response is very emotional. Oh, it must have been, you know. Yeah. 
can't imagine what it was like for them watching you get assimilated and being so helpless. Mm-hmm. And then she begets, begins to get emotional there. She does. You know, yeah. so we see that this connection of each of family and her feelings about her parents are yeah. just keep those buttons keep getting pushed. Most definitely. So she's getting emotional. She changes the subject <laughs> to regeneration. Yeah. Yep. And she says that uh, he, he'll need six un, un, uninterrupted hours mm-hmm. of regeneration and that he's very, you know, impatient. Echeb's very impatient with these things. And she's had to deal with that. So he's going to have to insist that Echeb spend the six uninterrupted hours. And Lucan laughs kind of at, at how they both get teenage boys. <laughs> yes, and, uh, exactly. It's, yeah, it's a nice scene. Mm-hmm. We're now on the Bernali homeworld uh, back at Echeb's uh, home. And... Mm-hmm. Lucan and Ife are basically just showing each of the different constellations that you can see from the Bernali mm-hmm. homeworld and talking about uh, the orderless cluster, the great horn. Mm-hmm. And Ife says, well, you inherited the love of the stars from your father. So again, more bonding moments, more, yeah. more moments of like, look, look how sweet we are and how much we love you. And look how, yeah. how smart you are. And you're just like pops. You're into stars. But then, you know, she also, she's very smart. She says, our little window can't compare to Voyager's astrometrics lab. Mm-hmm. So kind of saying that, you know, that must be so much nicer. But each is really coming around. He's like, no, it doesn't, but it's still nice. So mm-hmm. you can see he's he's really getting convinced at this point. And dad says, uh, you know, Seven told me about your science project. Mm-hmm. And then they talk about the technology that each have invented, how it yeah. detects wormholes that can get yeah. them home. And she asks, why do they want to go home so much? Mm-hmm. And Echeb says, it's their home because it's home. So he's seeing the value, you know, seeing why they would want to go home because he's feeling it here, being at home. He's feeling yeah. this and just sense of family and home. Yeah. And Lucan has a great ending line here. He says, with all their technology, their opportunity to explore the galaxy, the thing they want most is to get home. So mm-hmm. now we see. Yeah that even Voyager is similar to Echeb and that mm-hmm. home is where they want to go. So yeah. he's trying to like get, you know, imprint this upon his son's mind that it's okay to go home. And we are now in Astrometrics Lab. Echeb says, good morning. And Seven says, did you regenerate successfully? Echeb says, yes. And he slept under the stars. He wants Seven to try it out. Seven says he didn't make class in the morning and all the other board kids sort of missed him. And Echeb says he was helping his dad and he has something to discuss with Seven. Mm-hmm. And Seven, looking at Echeb, realizes that she knows. he's decided to stay. She, she knows. knows. Yeah. And so Seven, you know, she feels it, but she there's nothing she can do. So she says, mm-hmm. well, I'm sure you're going to want to say goodbye to the other children. Mm-hmm. We jump over to the transporter room. We don't even see the goodbye with the other kids. Do no, we, we skip no. the goodbye with yeah, the other kids. We skip the goodbye entirely. We yep. skip the goodbye with the whole crew. Because yeah, we don't need to crew. see Harry or Tom or no, anybody else. No, Yeah. Who are we anyway, right? So <laughs> seven, seven hands in a case and it's got pads in it and all types of uh, data on these pads with subjects uh, to allow him to keep studying. And she's also included a high resolution telescope. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not uh, astrometric sensors. No, sensors, but still but... it's something. And Echeb's like, I'm going to use it every single day. Mm-hmm. Janeway's there. She says, goodbye. Good luck to Echeb. Echeb says, thank you. I hope you find a way home. So it's a nice parting goodbye shot mm-hmm. and scene. All right. Cargo Bay 2. Mazzotti steps out of her alcove. Yeah, and she's you know she hasn't finished the regeneration cycle. It's incomplete. No, the computer says right. warning. Yeah, uh, regeneration cycle incomplete. Yes, but she now, just yeah. No. Now this is my problem with the scene. I I don't understand why she walks over to Seven, and all she does is simply tug her arm, and Seven just opens her eyes, and I'm like, wait a minute. You're deep in regeneration. Is that how? Is it that easy to just to sort of come out of it like that? Shouldn't yeah. there have been some background sounds of things going? But there was no blip blip. We no. didn't even know that she kind of no. came out of that. So it was a little weird for me. She wakes her up. Yeah. She says she, she misses says she, Echeb. She yeah. misses Echeb. And yeah. Seven says, Poor I do too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so do I. Yeah. And she says, but we will adapt. Yes. And she says, you've got to go back to your alcove. You've got to get on with your regeneration. And Mazzotti uh, says, I hope you don't find your parents, Seven. And, yeah. and she starts to regenerate and she asks seven, 
what if the Borg try to reassimilate Echeb? Yeah, they assimilate Echeb again. Seven says, mm-hmm. well, the Bernali don't have any resources or technology. They wouldn't, yeah. you know, they wouldn't be interested. The Borg wouldn't be interested. Right. And Masadi says, but what if he's on a ship? And, you know, so Masadi's asking questions again, like she <laughs> yeah. did with Echeb. Yeah. Seven says, no, it's not not very likely. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mazzotti says, well, that's what happened last time. He was he on a was ship. He was on a ship. <laughs> Seven's like, no, 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 no. Like, no You're mistaken. He must, he no, must be mistaken. He was, yeah, he was on a surface. He was in a field by a fertilizer yeah, his, array. His that's what dad happened. told me. He yeah. wandered over there. His dad told me. And Mazzotti's like, no. Mazzotti turns into like a little Borg, uh, auto Borg mode. And she says, mm-hmm. a class one transport was detected in grid 649, one life form, species, Brunali. And now it's like and then the she music. closes her eyes and goes to sleep. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. That's not creepy. No, no. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Right. So there's the there's a turn there. There's a turn. Uh-oh. Here it is. Here it is. Here's Parents were lying. Mm-hmm. We go to Astrometric Seven studying all these Borg logs, and Janeway comes in. Yeah. And this is this is where Janeway is really like tired. And yeah. No, yeah. Isn't I thought it, it was in, isn't it 06, 0300 now it's three in the morning. Yes. Yeah. But I, when I first saw her coming in with the coffee, I was like, Oh, it must be like six in the morning or she just no, woke up. It's three in the morning. <laughs> and she says, yeah, she says to, to seven translate what's on the screen. I don't yeah. read, I don't read Borg. I don't read Borg. Yeah. And that's when she says, well, this better be important because to bring me out at 3 AM at 0300. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Seven says, yes, it is very important. It's tactical data from the cube when yeah. the children were were uh, found. And it proves that Mazzotti was telling the truth. Yeah, the father that was he, lying. The father was lying. Echeb was on a vessel when he was assimilated. Yeah, Janeway does and, ask, why would he do that? Why would he lie? Seven says she doesn't know, but we definitely have an obligation to find out. Mm-hmm. So Janeway asks, what are you proposing? Seven says, you know, we got to return to the planet. We have to find out. We have to ask for an mm-hmm. explanation. Why were these lies thrown mm-hmm. out at us? So, you know, Janeway feels like, you know, I don't know. I mean, do we need to interrogate these people? I mean, they've already been through it's it. It's his this family. Point. Yeah. Seven's very skeptical. She insists that he might be in danger and yep. we have to protect him. Yep. She feels like... Um, like if she doesn't protect each of she's going to be like her parents. Yeah. She basically says, yeah. um, you know, and that's when this Maybe, whole yeah. you haunting know the, of her parents, like her resentment, right. her anger, her, right. her blaming her parents is coming out. She doesn't want to do that to each of And by the way, there is a glamour filter party going on at this <laughs> point. Bam, bam, bam. Every okay, close okay. up has to the you, glamour filter. To you. Do you think from that very yes. first scene where you said it was surprising and uncharacteristic to see Seven get emotional in that very opening scene, mm-hmm. maybe maybe it's from the whole issue with her parents again that oh, you know, I'm sure it is. That's I'm what sure it is. is. Yeah. I'm That's sure it is, with. but it just didn't feel set up properly to yeah. me. I just mm-hmm. was like, what did I miss? Mm-hmm. Like, I think the writers had a lot of conversations about it, but like, yeah, we're we're not all in the writer's room to hear their logic, so yeah. they need to put it in the script so that we experience it. Right, we see the bonding, or we see yeah. why she would care. I hear so, you. So, uh, anyway, all right. So we're back. Glamour in filter home. party, glamour <laughs> filter party everywhere. Okay, and then T- we go to each of's family. E- yes, yes. yes. Uh, T- TMF, too much filter, and then then we have the scene at the Bernali uh, homeworld in Echip's home. And it's a conversation between Lucon and Ife. And this was a little bit of a turn for me because I always felt that it was his dad. It was Lucon that was the worst offender. But yet, you know, in this conversation, Lucon's the one that says, couldn't we at least wait a few days, you know? Mm, and yeah. then now you're thinking, okay, what's about to happen? She's and, like, nope. Yeah, we, nope. If we wait, is, it's yeah. only going to be harder. Yep. And, and Lucon's actually arguing for... Echeb at this point. And yeah. that shocked me. I had no clue that it was Ife that was the one who was really going to mm-hmm. push this through. And we realized that uh, he's not an ordinary child. And we get a kind of a, they're kind of beating around the bush. We're not exactly sure what's know what going they're on. Talking exactly. about, honestly. What is this? They're, you know, why is he she, not a special like, child? Not an ordinary like, We got to do this. And he goes, mm-hmm. no, you know, he's, he's bright. He's hardworking. Maybe he can right. help us in another way. We yeah. don't have to do it this way. And you're yeah. like, what way? What are you? Yeah. She says, he was born for this. Yeah. So you're like, wait, what? What? Mm-hmm. It's just, and the dad's like, I don't want to lose him again. Yeah. So you yeah. you're starting to connect. Like, 
he was assimilated because of something they're doing, but we don't know. It's yeah. it's confusing. Then Echeb comes in. But when he comes in, this is this is I would have directed this differently. I would have had him run in, not walk in, and I would mm. have had him much more excited and much more animated because out he's no longer bored. And- yeah, out of breath and like, oh my god, we won three games in a row. I would have yeah. had that, but instead yeah. he came in still very Borg like because it would have been even more devastating to see how he's now opening up. He's now less Borg-like. He's super stoked about winning these three games. So I would have liked to have seen a little bit more emotion from each. Yeah. So that's yeah, it was I'm an thinking. odd scene. It felt like we just covered a lot of story in one scene. Mm-hmm. Like we realized that the parents aren't who we thought they were. We, you know, yeah. he runs in. He's yeah. he's bonded more with everybody's playing sports with them. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they sort of grab him. They ask, tell him to sit down. Yeah. Yeah. And they sort of. They start talking weird with him. Yeah. Like you're really important. He goes, I know what's going on. Yeah. And then they've got this, you know, syringe or, or hypo spray kind of syringe mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. And Ife says, if you relax, it won't hurt you. And he's yeah. like, father. And uh, yeah, Ife is like, you and, better hold him. Uh, yeah. And dad him. grabs him and they, and he screams, no, as they shoot him in the neck with this. Yeah. device and he slumps over he's unconscious yeah and then uh ife says to lucan prepare the launch mm-hmm. so they're sending him back uh, out there so uh, we go to space there's a little orbit around the planet and uh, we're going on the bridge and janeway says hail them seven's there as well the bridge yeah. crew's all there hail them and lucan appears on the screen mm-hmm. and i was like wait a minute they don't have any technology they've got view screens <laughs> in their house like what are you talking about? We can just hail them. Yeah. So there's a, you know, they, they've they've got all that technology hidden in their house. That's what yeah. it is. You're right. Janeway <laughs> wants to uh, ask them a few questions on this yeah. non-technology view screen they happen yeah. to have in their house. Yeah. And he says, "Questions? What do you what are you talking about?" And uh, Janeway's like regarding each of and the circumstances of his assimilation. Yeah. And Seven explains, you know what they think you know well he says that that yeah she says your story is is inconsistent with our data what we know what we know ife gets a little guarded she's like we don't know you any explanations and Mm -hmm. janeway's like well that's fine so let's just talk to Icheb and yeah let's talk to him lucan's like he's not here Mm -hmm. seven's like huh where what where where is he tuvok what do you mean he's not there and janeway says tuvok scan for him yeah he says he's not there he's not Mm -hmm. in the settlement no no Life signs of each up there. Seven does a scan and says he's on a Bernali transport ship. Yeah. He's out in space on a ship headed for the Borg transwarp conduit. That's right. Dun, dun, just dun. like before, just like uh, Mazzotti said. Yes. And Chakotay adds that according to these readings, the ship is traveling at warp 9.8. And you say it only looks that way. It's been designed to emit a false warp signature strong enough to penetrate subspace. And Seven goes, oh, my goodness. They are using it as bait to attract the Borg. Uh, Janeway says, Echeb's on that vessel, isn't he? And Ife says, well, yes, he's fighting for his people. And Seven and says, is- what? Unarmed mm-hmm. on a transport? How is that possible? And then Ife says, uh, no, um, uh, we use uh, our children for, uh, and we use our genetic expertise and our mm-hmm. children together. And he, Janeway realizes what's going on. He's the weapon. He's not Yeah, Janeway bait. says he's not the bait. He's a weapon. Yeah, because the, the first, first cube. Mm-hmm. First cube that captured him was infected by a pathogen. Yeah. Icheb was the carrier, he wasn't was he? was the carrier. He yes. was the pathogen. Dun, dun, dun. And that's just, you know, this, this is a scene which made me start to think like, my gosh, to use children as the way to, you know, get to... I mean, I would have, I would have got, I would have taken somebody from the Brunali settlement that's 102 on their last leg of life and, and, and infect them, put the pathogen yeah. in them. Why are you taking your children and putting the pathogen in there? You could have used mm-hmm. somebody who's on their deathbed or the terminal illness. And why couldn't put the you just put a test tube of the pathogen Exa- that when hello, the board come yeah, that, in? Exactly. Or so, why that do you have been- to? sacrifice people if yeah. you can just create these genetic yeah 
mutations or whatever pathogens and put it in a test mm -hmm. tube, a Petri dish. And, and then how, why didn't the Borg initially detect that the cube that did take him the first time, what wouldn't they have scanned all the people before they assimilated them? And wouldn't they have mm -hmm. seen, Oh, he's got a pathogen in him. Like, I, I just don't see how they, yeah. that got by the Borg. I feel like yeah. they're very, very thorough in their, mm -hmm. um, in their, in their research and their, uh, you know, uh, when they look into what's going on, when they are about to simulate mm -hmm. somebody, they scan everybody. They should know yeah. this. But we do find out the Borg cube is about to emerge from the wormhole. Janeway uh, ends the transmission and goes to red alert battle yeah. station, she says. Um, it was, by the way, it was a very fast red alert. She's like, before she got the she... alert. <laughs> before it the, was already. Uh, okay. Yeah. So red already, dot, on red, yeah, red dot, up, it came out, right? It was already turning red. The computer that does this, I guess, is super fast. It, it knows what she's about to say. Or it was Coop, um, it was Coop back there flipping the lights too quickly. Exactly. <laughs> Just a little <laughs> ahead, maybe. Thanks, Coop. We go to space. Uh, Voyager's flying along back mm. on the bridge. Moments later, uh, we're heading for the transport at maximum warp. Mm -hmm. uh, Harry says that Ichev is aboard yeah. and unconscious. Mm -hmm. He... He sees uh, Janeway orders him to be transported directly into sickbay. But Seven says, there's too much interference. I can't get a lock on him. Yeah. It's and, the conduit. Uh, yeah. He says the Borg vessel is going to emerge in less than 40 seconds. Mm -hmm. Janeway says transfer auxiliary power to the transporter. Seven says she still can't establish a lock, not at this distance. Tuvok then gives us another countdown at 30 seconds. Janeway orders Tom to get us closer to that ship. Tom gives his signature. Yes, ma'am. And Tuvok uh, says the conduit's <laughs> opening, 20 seconds. Janeway's going seven, come on. Seven's like still out of range. So back and forth, back and forth until the very last second, we do finally get a lock on him. Beam him to sick base, yeah. she says. And then, of course, she quickly says, Mr. Paris, get ready, get ready to go to warp. Mm -hmm. uh, and we end up getting tractor beamed with the yeah. other vessel like we're getting just pulled, before we can go to work in. the exactly. green tractor beam grabs us both and we're yep. pull, getting pulled in yep we and this fire. is where sh shaky cam starts here by shaky the way cam. was it was shaky glam cam shaky I, glam cam or just shaky cam i don't know if there were filters at this point okay all right but we used to put if it was like a big shake mm -hmm. from a from a you know a, a, a photon torpedo or something yeah we, they just do it with their hands, right. the camera operators. But right. if it was a long, protracted, like a, a tractor beam or something. They had a thingamajiggy. They had like a motor. Yeah, that they that, stuck that, onto the like camera. A, yeah. Yeah, was, on the brain. It was like a vibration motor. And it would spin and yeah. make the whole camera have this very consistent looking. I mean, yeah. it looks very realistic. I mean, if it's if it's a consistent tractor beam that's getting us, then it should stay like that. It shouldn't yeah. be jerky, right? It should be like one consistent yeah kind of movement and, and that's i what think we this was there was a lot of heavy duty um was there a name for that robbie that device that they used it was just know. something that that marvin came up with that you know I, I, they yeah. must have found something and adapted it for this purpose it was yeah. some kind of offset motor that would that yeah. would shake depending on how much yeah I, I i don't know i don't know if yeah. it was made for film and television or if it was something they adapted but i yeah. remember that and you I could do. definitely see it in this scene and not only could you see it you could hear it too that thing was yeah. loud i remember we could yeah. all hear that while we were filming yeah. so we do fire we fire to sort of like try to stop mm -hmm. this tractor beam it doesn't work and it's seven that comes up with this really cool way of uh defeating the borg at this instance she says mm -hmm. you know um, there is a way to get a weapon through their shields. And Jane was like, uh, I'm all ears. And Seven says, transport a photon torpedo into the Bernali vessel. Set it to detonate as it gets into, into the sphere. So sort of delayed reaction torpedo. Mm -hmm. And Tuvok says, okay, um, these are the times that we have uh, seconds left. And Janeway says, uh, full reverse thrusters. And uh, Janeway does transport this photon torpedo into the Bernali ship. We've got a five, four, three, two countdown. And on one, Janeway says, now, Mr. Paris. And of course, we see the explosion inside the Borg sphere. It's not completely blown up, but it's definitely no. damaged. Yeah. Well, Tuvok, Tuvok says the Borg are damaged and they are not pursuing. Right. So yeah. Yeah. we've got each up back. Mm -hmm. We got away from the Borg. Close call. We go out to space. We're at warp again. Mm -hmm. And some time passes. Uh, we go into sickbay and each lies unconscious. Mm -hmm. um, the doctor is scanning him. Janeway and Seven are watching. Doc says he does indeed have this pathogen. 
but his parents didn't infect him with it. He right. produces it himself yeah. because he was genetically engineered, engineered to produce it, which is yeah. even more amazing yeah. that that happens. Like it's just, it's constantly being produced in his body and, yeah. and it doesn't mess him up. He stays alive, right? Yeah. It just, it just emits this passive it pathogen. It affects everything yeah. around it. So if he was genetically engineered, he's the Bernali. He's the reason that that board cube, everybody died. Yeah. Why everyone. didn't the other kids die? Because they were in their maturation chambers, they were protected. Yeah, but he's still producing it. Like, why doesn't everybody That's else? That's true. How can this? If he was genetically engineered, mm-hmm. and this pathogen is so powerful, it kills Borg. Unless it's mm-hmm. just specific to Borg, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, or I, maybe, I, maybe, maybe whatever he produced to destroy that cube, it had to regenerate inside his body to produce more. Like there was a dormant period, you know, where it doesn't doesn't give off anything for a while and then it i goes guess through but cycle. even if if he's producing a pathogen yeah. that is powerful enough to kill borg i don't understand why it doesn't kill everybody mm-hmm. and second of all if it's power enough to powerful enough to kill borg these kids were becoming borg they would eventually be killed by this right. in fact he was becoming borg mm. like he would have this pathogen would have killed himself mm-hmm. once he had turned into borg into full was, borg yeah. if it was specifically a pathogen right. for borg right very complicated. It is. Very, very complicated. It is. Let's just put a filter on it and call it a day. We'll put a filter on it. It'll it'll be fine. You see, everyone, you see why I love Robbie so much, <laughs> why he makes me laugh every single day that I talk and interact with him. It's just comments like these that just put a smile on my face. Okay. Oh, yeah. Janeway does say he's going to need help coming to terms with what's happened, especially yeah. with those parents. And Seven, Seven basically says, uh, you know, she starts to say something, and Janeway says, use your maternal instincts. They worked before. Yeah. <laughs> this is new too. What when did I what did I miss? Yeah, what did you <laughs> seven all of a sudden is the most maternal person? Yeah. What season I, did that happen in? Because I missed it. You know what it is? The minute you have glam filter, you get maternal instincts as well. I guess that that's comes what it with is. it. Yeah, the soft the soft lens means soft heart, warm heart for children. Okay. That's, that's what it that means. was that's okay. why they did it. Okay. There you go. Go to Astrometrics, each up studying genetics now. Yeah. And he's got another square quilted print shirt. Really? Like a new a one? A whole new one. Or it's yes. just the... Okay. No, it's not the same one. All right. It's, how come he gets multiple cool stylish well, shirts? Because we clearly he left the other one down on the Brunali, Brunali home so. planet. So I he had to so. get a new one. That's important. All right. He's there with his cool shirt. <laughs> Seven comes in. Um she says, why aren't you studying spatial harmonics? Yeah. And he says, well, my parents told me that he might, that I might have an aptitude for genetics. So now he's doing genetics. Yeah. And he's she a says, genius. What, it, what have you learned? And he says, well, I'm comparing my genome to that of an ordinary Bernali male mm-hmm. and see they're different. He talks about the third, the 13th, 17th chromosomes are adjusted that's what makes this thing this pathogen so specific to him mm-hmm. um he said it's really ingenious what they did and it he causes... almost sides with them in a yeah. way because he does say do you think they will them. ever forgive me yeah. is what he says and seven says for what he goes i could have destroyed the sphere yeah. i failed them i failed my parents and then seven says but you would have been reassimilated." and egypt's like i know but and Seven's like, but what? He's like, maybe it was my destiny. My destiny says, to take the Borg out. Yeah. And Seven says, you know, no, it's, it's, there is no, that, that isn't your destiny. I mean, you basically choose, you're an individual. You have the right yeah. to determine your destiny. It's, yeah. it's not, you may just, choose in the future to fight them, right. but, but you're an individual. You have the choice. And so, yeah, that's your right to decide, not your parents' right to decide what you do. Yeah. She says, time to regenerate, mm-hmm. time to sleep. And he says, um, if I prefer to continue studying, and she says, it's your decision. So your choice. You're an individual. You can choose. Mm-hmm. And that's the end of the episode. We're yeah. done right there. Do you have a yeah. lesson for me? What, do you, what did you feel? What did you get out of this? And mm-hmm. and stop thinking about filter. Don't think about filter right now. What, yeah. is, what is the lesson that you got out of this? I think the lesson came in that very last scene. Everyone should have the freedom to make choices for mm-hmm. themselves. And that's, everyone makes their, the and everyone can create their own future. Yeah. Whatever future yeah. you can envision for yourself, 
you can create it. We don't live in a caste system, or at least most of us don't. I, I know there are some countries that may still have caste system a ties. Of that, yeah. yeah. But for the most part, if you can envision it, you can create it. Yeah. That's my lesson. Okay. I like it. And don't Ratings. use kids as weapons. No, do not use kids <laughs> as weapons. And be careful with glamour filters. Don't overdo the glamour filter exactly. in your life. You know, too much. You don't want to be too glamorous. It's always in moderation. Glamour yes. filter in moderation is key. That's another good Thank lesson. You. Yeah. What Thank is your you. rating? What, what are you going to, I know you're not going to give it a really good one, but you know, I almost you're don't go, want to say, Oh no. I mean, this one for me, I, there was I, like, there was so much character inconsistency. I was like, like I kept saying, I feel okay. like I missed something because it made okay. no sense to me. All right. Um, the crew was not involved. My rule of like having all of us involved. Mm. The story was not, if it was a mystery thriller, it was yeah. not structured in a way that felt okay. clear or compelling. So I'm yeah. going to, I'll jump to my rating. It's a four, four <laughs> out of 10. I'm going to, I'm going to stand by oh. it. It's not my favorite episode. I was, I, I was, hear you. no, it's, did not. it's clear. This is the lowest rating you've ever given on the Delta flyers. I've mm -hmm. never heard you go any lower than, than, well, yeah, this is the lowest clearly. Okay. I'm going to give, I'm going to give it a much better rating than you. And that's because right. I did like this episode and I'm giving okay. it a little higher, higher rating because Mark Shepard is one handsome devil. <laughs> 8.1 from me. What? Yes. Oh, yes. Wow. I'm going to double you. I'm going to go, I'm, I'm more than Lord. double. I want 8.1. Double is just eight. I want 0.1. Right. I went there. There we go. The, and but wait, wait. And I'm going to say the admirals and, and ca captains, my guess is they're going to give this a 7.3. Okay. Okay. I'm sticking by my four. Sure. The admiral and captain's average rating for child's play is 7.4. What the? Did you hear what, what you I say? said? I said 7.4. Oh, I thought you said 7.3. No. Oh, did I say three? I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> I You're close. I no, was call. really close. It's a good call. Oh, yeah. It's a good call. I st I stick by my four. I, this is yeah. not, I don't See? like this episode. I know I don't. you don't. And I do. Nope. So there you go. Okay. <laughs> I'm okay with it. And they liked it more than me. <laughs> they did. On average. But I bet there were some other fours in there. Yeah. There were... <laughs> but also... If the average is seven point, you know there's some eights and possibly nines. So yeah, there you probably. go. Yeah, it is what it is. It is it what is it what is. is. All okay. right, what's what's next? Next week, week, yeah, next week we're going to be reviewing the episode Good Shepherd. So uh, thank you to like everyone. Mark who Shepherd. <laughs> yes. So we go from Mark Shepherd to Good Shepherd. Thank you for everyone for tuning into this week's episode. Join Robbie and I when we recap and discuss the sequel to Mark Shepherd, Good Shepherd next week. <laughs> and for all of our Patreon patrons, please stay tuned for your bonus material.